There are many ways people listen to vision, including through a PC at work. When you fire up your computer at work, go to vision.org.au slash listen and click the Vision or V180 Listen Live buttons. You can also catch the latest Vision National News Bulletin and enjoy a growing range of on-demand podcasts from the same page all while you work. However, and wherever you listen to Vision, you can be sure that the announcers, programs and music will help you look to God daily. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. This week, of course, is celebrated around the world uh, in lots of uh, denominations. They'll call it Holy Week. It's the week that starts on Palm Sunday, as in last Sunday, the day Christians remember Jesus' humble entry into Jerusalem on a donkey. This Thursday will be Maundy Thursday, marking Jesus' institution of the Last Supper, which has become a central element of Christian worship called Communion, Holy Communion. In some churches, they'll even do foot washing, reminding believers that Jesus washed the disciples' feet at the Last Supper. Then, of course, this Friday is Good Friday, commemorating Jesus' suffering and his death as he was crucified on the cross. Easter Saturday, or Easter Vigil as some call it, ends the season of Lent, observed by lots of church denominations and is traditionally celebrated with large baptismal ceremonies. There will be lots of baptisms around the world this weekend. Then, of course, comes Easter Sunday. On the third day after he was crucified, Jesus was resurrected from the dead. Well, We can talk all things Easter today with a special focus on the cross and how Easter creates wonderful opportunities to share our faith with others. Stu Miller is back with us today. He's the founder of the evangelism training ministry called Train to Proclaim. Stu Miller, special welcome back. Thank you, Neil. This is a special time of year, Stu, and mm. some are just looking at it with secular eyes, thinking this is just a great long weekend Last warm, long weekend before the winter, winter starts to sit in. Yes. Uh, but, uh, you know, this is a special time. And if you actually just have secularized, you're missing the profound depth of what this weekend can mean. Absolutely, you are. This, this weekend, uh, without the cross, without the resurrection of, of Jesus, uh, what do we have? I, I don't even know whether the world would still be around today if it wasn't for Jesus dying on the cross. And, uh, yeah, it's so significant. Uh, most people, it goes above their heads. Uh, but as a Christian, of course, we, uh, we this is our most holiest time of the year, I guess, isn't it? When Because it's the heart of the Christian message, the heart of the gospel message is Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross for us. So good to pay attention to that today. And I do want to invite listeners. Uh, mm. Shortly we'll open our talkback lines and you might have your own insights. And uh, there would be so much to share around uh, the issues of the cross. And there might even be some special, even emotional uh, testimony that you might have in your own appreciation of the cross at this Easter. Stu, the cross is the primary symbol of mm. Christianity. It's uh, primarily central, and that's for good reason, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, it's not like uh, with other religions that it's uh, something that you worship. We don't worship a cross, but we certainly have it on the top of our uh, churches and, and in our symbolism for very good reason, and that is because it is the, the center of the Christian faith. Uh, without the cross, how are we meant to have relationship with God? 
how can we be in relationship with a holy God when we're when we're set apart from him by our sin? Jesus pays that punishment on the cross. He he makes that way possible for us to come into relationship with God, to be reconciled. Yeah. You know, uh, a lot of people call the cross a crucifix. Mm. And the earliest crucifixes, they had a representation of Christ mm. and uh, depicting Christ on the cross, mm. alive. Mm. Uh, and interestingly, if you get close enough, eyes open mm-hmm. and, of course, arms extended. Mm. Uh, the Godhead manifest, uh, even through, even though it's his uh, pierced, and uh, his manhood uh, dying. And and there's a certain sense in which uh, all sorts of uh, different types of crosses have emerged. And, and some, you know, some people actually get quite emotional over this whole thing. And uh, they don't want to see a crucified Jesus. They just want to see an open cross. Mm. Uh, and yet there's some, some things you can appreciate for, uh, you know, both ways that you can look at this. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, people seeing the image of Jesus on the cross is remembering his humanity, his sacrifice, uh, the, the suffering he went through. His arms are open wide like a in love towards humanity. Um, there's a lot of positives there of, of capturing that point in time. But of course... Uh, I, I like an empty cross because I, I know that he's not still on the cross. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to see him continue to be on the cross because he has uh, been buried and on that third day risen from the grave, victorious over death, victorious over sin. And uh, that's, you know, the, the focus for me is. Yeah. And isn't it interesting uh, that usually in the tradition we're raised in as to how we think of mm. uh, the crucifix, uh, whether Jesus is depicted as being on the cross, mm. and some will say that's what really shows us the suffering mm. that he went through. It's by his stripes we are healed. And there's a sense in which uh, the image of Jesus depicted on the cross, uh, for some, that's mm. where the real powerful, profound stuff happens. And But mm. as you say, and, and I've been raised in the tradition too, where the open cross yes. uh, is leaves it to your imagination, leaves mm. it to that reflection that you can have in the open cross that Jesus is no longer on the cross. Mm. He's risen. That's right. And I think in, in our tradition that we've been raised, that with the open cross, we may... Uh, not see so much of the suffering of Christ, and we're, we're, our focus may more be on the resurrection and the victory uh, that Christ has won for us, and He's risen from the dead. He's alive. Hallelujah! Yeah. <laughs> but um, there is a, a real richness in obviously understanding that suffering because it was that point on the cross when He took our sin, which was the game changer for humanity. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, very important to remember. It's, it's interesting, Neil, that when we when we look at the the central, you know, part of the Christian message and the and the most holiest time for us is remembering Jesus on the cross. You know, Easter Friday arguably could be you know the most important day of the year for for a Christian, uh, and yet it's about Jesus' death. You yeah. sort of think, whoa, what what are these Christians on about? They're, they're, they're their, their peak, you know, climax of the you know of the of the year is celebrating a death on a on a barbaric Roman cross. I remember having this thought as a young Christian: uh, the thought, uh, why do they call this Good Friday? Mm. And uh, what's good you know, about what's, the death? Exactly, because we're we're raised in our culture, and, and you know we do know that death is inevitable. Uh, it's uh, they're part of our own future. Uh, we do like to sweep it away, keep it under the covers. Uh, we don't like to talk about it. Mm. But really, when it comes to Good Friday, in some sense, 
it's thrust upon you mm. that he is the death of the saviour of the world mm. and his death is on display for all to see. And yes, it is a gruesome, it was a brutal death. Mm. Uh, I mean, the sort of uh, issues you might talk about, uh, a tyrannical regime. Mm. I mean, some people are complaining about our government That's being right. a little bit tyrannical. Well, uh, if you'd have been under the Romans, this is what you might have expected if you were mm. under that level of persecution. Mm. So here's an execution of an innocent man, mm. brutal death, mm. and we call it Good Friday. Yeah, Absolutely. And the only reason it's good is because it was God's intention from the beginning. Jesus was born to die. He was born to suffer. He was born to pay that punishment in our place. And um, without it, none of humanity could be saved. Uh, it's, it's a glorious moment for us, but a t- under terrible circumstances. <laughs> Uh, listeners might like to contribute uh, just your mm. feeling about Good Friday and the cross too. Uh, we'll open up our talkback lines one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. You're welcome to call in and just participate in our conversation today. You might help direct where our conversation goes. There might be something special in your own Christian tradition that uh, you know we're not talking about today, and you want to introduce that too. Well, we'll take a risk on that and say, okay, let's uh, let's let's hear from you. Let me just touch on something very special, though, because uh, it's not just Jesus on the cross here. Mm. A lot of people can see through the image of Jesus' crucifixion the presence of the Father Mm. and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is a work of the Godhead Mm. and a really powerful demonstration Mm. of how God the Father sent the Son into the world. Mm. Uh, The Son submitted to the Father's will. Mm. And the Holy Spirit applies that work of redemption to Mm. Us, That's right. uh, to Jesus and his followers, uh, those who were around about the cross when he died, and mm. to us now, this 2,000 years later, the mm. presence of God in this event is just profound. Absolutely. And, and Jesus said it was a good thing that he was going away, uh, he said to his disciples. And again, you think, a good thing that he's going to die? Again, it's a bit like the Good Friday. How can death be a good thing? But he said, well, if I, do, if I don't go, I cannot leave the Holy Spirit. So he's saying, I'm going and I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit. And uh, the Holy Spirit is going to uh, not just be in one place at a, at a time like Jesus was confined to a particular place and time because he was on a human body. But the Holy Spirit roams all around the earth. Uh, believers all around the world have the benefit of experiencing um, the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Stu, one of those things we'll want to touch on today, and uh, listeners will know from conversations with you in times past, they'll know this guy's an evangelist, isn't he? Mm -hmm. Uh, So when we talk about the cross, Mm -hmm. uh, the brutality, uh, the pain, the suffering, Mm -hmm. the images we're talking about, the presence of God in the profound story of the cross, Uh, when we're wanting to share this with others, uh, is this an easy thing to share this time of year? Uh, are people so, uh, you know, uh, sterilized that they can't hear a conversation about a brutal execution? What are your thoughts about sharing your faith at this time? Well, I think that Christmas and Easter are easier times to share your faith than normally. 
because uh, people there, there's an event around to talk about. There's a there's a topic of conversation. But, you know, you can ask the question: Do you know what Easter is all about? You know, it's you can have a conversation with someone because it comes up very naturally. Because you can say Happy Easter, or you know, what are you doing for Easter? You know, do you know what Easter is all about? Um, <clears throat> if you're someone who gives out tracts, gospel tracts, then you could give out and say Happy Easter, and most people will take it. Whereas, in, if you just say, "Here, have one of these," <laughs> any other time of the year, they're like, "Oh, what is it?" You know, uh, they're a bit more guarded. But at Easter time, Happy Easter, or at Christmas time, Merry Christmas. And like, oh, thank you, thank you. People seem to be of good cheer. There's a holiday coming up. There's Easter eggs. You know, they may have the complete wrong idea about Easter, but they've still got a positive view to some degree of it. Do you think that the typically secular Aussie who thinks that Easter is about Easter eggs and Easter mm. bunnies, do you think that there is any openness to hearing about these other profound dimensions? Uh, or are people just happy enough to to go along with the you know the very sort of uh, what I think is a little bit of a you know it's it's nothingness really mm. when you when it's all just about chocolate Easter eggs mm. and a holiday uh, mm. do you think though that there is something that people do want to know what the real meaning is I think deep down every single one of us has got a, a hole in us that can only be filled by God uh, and um, there's a searching within us that wants to know. A, a, a greater purpose in life. We want to know where did we come from? Why are we here? Who are we? You know, is there a God? Is there life after death? There's, there's questions that people have. Now, often because we want to live life our own way, we suppress that and we go, well, I'll, I'll just push that to the side. But it's a nagging question that's still there. And I find that a lot of people, if you're gracious and loving in the way that you come across and that your, your approach is appropriate, um, they're very willing to listen and they're very willing to explore things and even ask questions and, and discover. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation and let's take some calls, Stu. Uh, let's first of all hear from Shelby, who is in Brisbane. Hey, Shelby, welcome back. Hey, Sh- Hello, uh, hello, uh, Neil and um, Stuart. How are you going? Very good, Shelby. Very good, thanks. What are your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts are, I was just listening to you guys and, um, on the cross. You know, our saviour, Lutheran Church at Rochdale, that's the school, the, the church all in one, uh, the college. Um, we have, it was designed by our retired um, pastor, uh, Robin, um, we have a fantastic cross at our altar with Christ, depicting Christ on it. Now, it's a um, it's sort of like a, a three-phase, um, uh, you know, I'm even trying to find the right word for that, but anyway, it, it's a it's a shadow-type thing. Um, the cross is just one big, you know, uh, um, structure, but it's a, it, Christ is depicted as a shadow on it uh, in a three-phase, and it reminds me... Um, very much and very clearly that Christ suffered for me. And um, I, I think it's a very good reminder. It's not a, something that, you know, um, because it's not showing the full depiction, um, um, that gives, gives you great pain. It just reminds you that Christ did die on the cross. His blood saves us. Shelby, what a great insight because... 
Sometimes when we think of the traditional forms in which the cross is presented, we don't leave room there for the creativity that can come from someone with a modern expression of the cross. Uh, Stu, your thoughts for Shelby? Yeah, that sounds really interesting. I'd love to actually see it. Um, I love the fact that people are being creative and trying to bring out what what Christ has done on the cross uh, in a different way. And Shelby, is it, you say it's a large cross in the church, and so this is, does it become like a central focal point in church? Um, uh, well, yes, mate. When you come into the church, it is the one thing that you notice at the altar um, is that cross um, with you know Christ depicting on it. Now, he's not necessarily nailed to it, um, um, I could even send you a photo, uh, you know, a, a copy of it. Um, um, it's you're in welcome my gallery to, somewhere. You're but, welcome to, but yeah. your description of it, I think, is quite good. And I think listeners will have an impression in their mind of uh, a shadow figure, not necessarily nailed to, but uh, on the cross itself. Shelby, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. It raises all sorts of issues, doesn't it? Because some churches, you might say all churches must have some sort of symbolism of the cross. Yeah. But a lot of churches these days don't necessarily have a physical cross because, you know, behind the preacher or behind the music team is a is a huge big screen. And so you can have wonderful image depicted mm. on the screen of the cross, but they might not necessarily have a physical presence of a cross. Uh, maybe you'd like to let us know what's happening in your church. 1-800-316-316. Let's take another call. Benji is in Penrith in New South Wales. Hi, Benji. Welcome. How are you? Very good, Benji. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? Yeah, my thoughts, like, I just want to make a comment. It's good that, you know, we talk about these things, like, on the air, the, uh, you know, like, the the explanation about having an open cross, not having the image depicted on, you know, on the cross, and, you know what I mean? Yeah, yep, yep. It's good to be reminded that Jesus left the cross, and there's so many people out there who, like, don't get that why you know you have an open cross why you have an empty cross and uh yeah just just good it's good to be able to talk about these things you know on radio and to reach so many people and we're talking about it, Benji, not because we're in any way talking about a conflict between which way might be right and which way might be wrong. I appreciate you drawing attention to that because, uh, yes, uh, to appreciate that there is value in uh, Christ being depicted as crucified on the cross and then the image uh, that you have when there's an open cross, uh, your imagination comes into that a lot, Benji. Uh, your thoughts on, on, on what that makes you think when you when you think of the cross? Oh, it, it makes me think. You know, like before you made the comment about the three, the having the three of them. Father, like Son, and Holy cross. Spirit, yeah. Yeah, it's like for me, I, I, I do a bit of uh, artistry stuff, like artwork, drawing, and all that stuff. If I was thinking about that, I'll think uh, God turning his head away, like mm. he's sitting on his uh, his uh, throne, turning his head away, not looking at the cross, and then the Holy Spirit just standing beside Jesus, 
like in, in, you know, in the, and then Jesus hang, hung on the cross as normal. That's my my uh, my image of if I was looking, you know, what were you talking about before? Benji, and, uh, you know, there's something wonderful about talking about this on the radio too, and I'll get to you in just a moment here, Stu. But uh, for Benji, who's describing, even as we're talking about the cross, uh, sometimes on radio we talk about the theatre of the mind, mm. and it's unrestricted uh, because we're not showing you an image and you actually leave some room here, the Holy Spirit ministering into people's lives and bringing to mind, mm. bringing to heart uh, an image of the cross. And uh, it'll be happening differently for everyone who's listening. Stu, uh, your yeah. thoughts here for, for Benji? Absolutely. And I think that same sort of <clears throat> imagination takes place when we read the Bible. Every single one of us, because we think in pictures, we don't see words in our minds, we see pictures. And so we're reading the scriptures and we imagine it taking place. All the stories as we go through, we imagine the crucifixion. We imagine all the, right from Genesis to Revelations, we've got these pictures in our minds. And I'm pretty sure my pictures are different to your pictures, yeah, Neil. Yes. But, you know, the, the, the important thing is that whatever, um, you know, creativity our brain has and pictures that we have that the main meaning comes through and I think Benji's right a lot of people don't see the meaning of the cross and that's why uh, and and as an evangelist I've got a real heart for people to to know particularly at Easter time but every every day of the year uh, the the what the message of the cross is all about and how it can set people free from their sins. Benji, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316 to join our conversation. Let's take another call. Steve is in Adelaide. Hi, Steve. Welcome. How you going? Good, Steve. What are your thoughts? Um, the cross. Yeah, well, I've been thinking as we're coming up to Easter, and I know it's a bit late now, right now, but um, my thoughts of Easter is, and the cross especially, is that uh, each time we all sit around and munch on eggs and hollow-headed rabbits and things like that, and I had this idea, and I'd like trying to find somebody to help me get behind it, is that we have a chocolate cross, and it could be wrapped in, you know, gold tin foil and everything like that as well, and we could even maybe have a little verse on there. And that way, if a church gets behind it, we could dish out a chocolate cross to people, and it would be a great outreach sort of thing, and it would get people thinking, really, what the cross really is all about. You know, I've never, I've never seen a chocolate cross, and uh, no. some people might be feeling like they're going to tread on toes if they do that. But, yeah. Stu, your thoughts for Steve? Well, yeah, it, it may be controversial, but I think it's a great idea. Um, I mean, it, uh, so for some people, they might say, hey, look, it's a, it's a very holy symbol. We don't want to, uh, you know, eat the cross. Uh, but at the same time, I, I see what you're saying, Steve, because we've got to somehow get away from the, the Easter bunny and uh, and eggs and get on to what's important about Easter, uh, which is the cross. And that's one of the reasons I like hot cross buns because, uh, I mean, again, people don't realise the significance, but having a cross on it points us towards Jesus. Stu, why don't we take some more calls before we develop any other uh, thoughts here. Let's take a call. Libby is in Adelaide. Hello, Libby. Welcome. Thank you. Libby, what are um, your thoughts? Uh, it's not exactly directed directly to the cross, but interdirected. Now, um, I was watching a, a program on Fox Hill, a Christian program, and they said there that Jesus went to hell 
I mean, I, find, I, I really seriously cannot believe that. So could you please tell me where is hell and where is the portal to hell? Okay. And did, do you believe that he went to hell after, you know, after he died? Okay, well, we're given hints in the scriptures here as to what was happening while Jesus had died. And we're told that he did descend into the depths and released captives. Uh, so, Stu Miller, what are your thoughts here for Libby? Yeah, the, Libby, there's definitely a, a variety of uh, theological positions on this, and uh, anyone listening here today, you know, if you had 10 Christians in a room and asked them this question, you may get 10 different responses. There certainly is in First Peter that, that scripture that Neil mentioned about going into the depths, and some people say, well, that was into hell. But other people would say, well, no, it's into the depths of the earth. He, was, he went to the tomb. He was buried, uh, and then he was resurrected from there. And it was from because of his death and, and, and burial and resurrection that he set the captives free. So it depends whether you believe he actually went into a literal hell uh, and physically took people to heaven, or you believe that he went into the ground and then he uh, just came back to life before his ascension. Um, and of course he hadn't been to heaven at that point so it's a sort of a strong argument that maybe he didn't take people to heaven uh, literally like like some people are reading that scripture Okay and uh, there are some other scriptures and uh, we won't go through them because mm. we don't have a lot of time here and some other callers coming through Ephesians chapter 4 verse 9 mm. uh, listeners might like to look at Acts chapter 2 verse 24 uh, you mentioned the First Peter scripture, First mm-hmm. Peter three nineteen, and uh, there yes. are others as well. Yeah. Uh, Libby, thank you so much for your call. Uh, yes, it is biblical, scriptural that Jesus did descend into hell. Uh, so far as the, geo- the, the geographical location, uh, that's a difficult one. They might need to talk to some uh, some uh, theologians, well trained, to be able to talk about that. Hey, mm. we're taking calls one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's hear from Prue in Geraldton. WA. Hi, Prue. Good morning. How are you? Very good. Prue, what are your thoughts? Oh, look, mate, I, I just really love the fact that with, with the, uh, the open cross, um, it's, a, it's a true representation of, of, of us, uh, our burdens um, that have been nailed to it and how we have to carry that cross, if you know what I mean. And, and also, you know, with, um, with, with today's, today's, you know, um, thinking with, with church, it's really diminished the, uh, the, the complete, complete work of the crucifixion, you know. It's, um, it's uh, how can I say it? When you've seen the Passions of Christ, and, and you see what Mel Gibson did. It's a reminder of that pain and the suffering that Christ has done for us over Easter, mm. you know. And um, I, I'm just a I'm just a woman on fire for for the Lord. I just love <laughs> him so much. Prue, uh, lovely to hear your heart in all of that. Mm. Stu, a thought or two for Prue? Oh, I love to hear your passion as well. And um, and The Passion of the Christ is a very impacting movie for those who have seen it. Uh, that it really brings out the suffering that Christ did for us. Because I think a lot of people just have this depiction of, you know, Jesus with a couple of droplets of blood coming out of his hand and, and up on there, you know, not a scratch on him uh, up on the cross. And it was, you know, sort of smiling at everyone below. But it was nothing like that. It was a horrific thing that he went through, his sacrifice for us. And what what love Jesus has for us as humans that he would do go through that. He didn't have to leave the luxury of heaven and even come to earth 
that was a sacrifice in itself. But he not only did that, but he came and he grew up. He knows what it's like to be human, and he went through that. He went through the suffering, uh, the whipping, the beating, and then on the cross in our place. What a beautiful, amazing thing that is. And no doubt there'll be a lot of people who will look at uh, that film, uh, mm. Mel Gibson's film, uh, The Passion of the Christ, and mm. they'll look at it afresh uh, this coming Easter. Yes. Uh, there's a limitation to the movie, I might add, mm. because while the film depicts the brutality mm. of an execution mm. of an innocent man mm. and uh, it, d- it and uh, cinematically absolutely incredible and mm. uh, one of, I think the biggest uh, selling movie of all time, uh, the the limitation is though that while it depicts the story of the cross, you still need the Bible to be able to look at what the cross means, mm, what absolutely. it is to be redeemed, to be free from the slavery mm. of sin, uh, what it is to have someone be a substitute for us. Sometimes mm. uh, we'll talk about the substitutionary atonement. That's right, uh, and those things are they're different. They, you yeah. can't just you can't describe that in a by, with That's a film right. yeah. uh, and you know what it is to be a ransom for our sins Prue wonderful wonderful insight thank you so much for your call let's take another call Mike is in Tasmania hi Mike welcome along hi oh, yeah, day. Um, look um, many many years ago I watched the robe the, uh, the movie that depicts Jesus and his crucifixion and it was a, I just broke down and wept and it was a, a turning point for, for me to come back to a new place in God and like movies like the brand new movie, the Ben-Hur. Mm. It's the subplot. It's really all about Jesus, you know, and him crucified mm. and the rest of the subplot. So seeing Jesus and him crucified is magnificent. It is magnificent. And again, uh, you know, some people think, oh, that sounds a little bit gruesome and bloodthirsty. Mm. Uh, But you, in actual fact, you don't recognize the magnificence unless you go a little deeper into the scriptures and Mm. you get some commentary from the Apostle Paul and from Mm. uh, the other New Testament writers Mm. to actually see what has happened Mm. in that image of the cross. Uh, Your thoughts for Mike? Yeah, absolutely, Mike. And I I think it's magnificent as well. And I think this is one of the important things for us as believers is to be able to communicate at Easter time and the rest of the year the significance of the cross because without it, people just see someone suffering uh, and dying and they go well that's that's that doesn't sound like it's magnificent at all it sounds like a really bad thing but what jesus did on the cross for us that significance we have as christians and that it's the heart of the gospel message and we need to explain the whole gospel message so they can see how it fits into the narrative of the gospel Mike in Tasmania, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line open, 1-800-316-316. Interesting when you talk about the whole narrative of the Bible and where Mm. the cross fits into all of that, because some will Mm. say the cross is uh, is depicted right from Genesis uh, mm. through until Revelation. When you talk about the narrative and mm. the context, how do you see that, Stu? Well, right from the beginning, when God created us, uh, he created the, the heavens and the earth. He made us uh, in his image. He wanted relationship with us. The, the whole reason from creating us was for relationship. But he created us as free moral agents. He didn't make us robots. He didn't force us to do what he wanted us to do. Now, God's been around a hang of a lot longer than you or I, and he knows what's best for our lives. His way is the right way. 
but he wants us to choose the right way freely. Uh, he's always been into freedom and he gave freedom right at the beginning. Now we used our freedom to choose our own way and go away from God. And so right from the beginning, we have sin entering the world. The world becomes a broken place. And anyone looking out the window today will see that we're living in a very broken world. There's pain, there's suffering. Things are not as they're supposed to be. And we're not in relationship with God and following his ways. But God didn't just wipe us out. <laughs> he, he, uh, he loves us and he's, he's committed to uh, restoring us back to what it was right at the beginning of Genesis. And so the story and the narrative of the Bible is God, uh, his connection with his people and relationship and turning his people back in repentance to himself and to following his ways. Now we see that in the Old Testament, you know, that the, through the story of, of Israel and people, you know, turning away from God and then everything goes chaotically wrong the enemies overtake them the you know terrible things happen then they realize they've turned away from God they repent they turn back to God God sends a deliverer he uh, restores them back to their land uh, their vats are overflowing they you know everything's they're blessed and it's all good and then they turn away from God again it's like this constant cycle and it's like a message for us that we need it God's way is the right way and we need to turn back to him in repentance turn our lives over to him and so when Jesus comes in at the start of the New Testament, you know, in the four Gospels, that is the answer. You know, you sort of think there's no hope for humanity. We just keep going in circles. We keep returning like a dog returning to its vomit. You know, uh, we, we don't. What, is there any hope? Yes, there is. Jesus promised right through the scriptures, through the prophets and through um, right from back in Genesis, talking about how he would redeem the world and restore the world. And of course, it came all to fruition through Jesus, his life, death and then resurrection, showing that he's God, dying for our sins, the sins of the world, that we uh, could be forgiven. But of course, we, we see in the scriptures that it doesn't doesn't mean that everyone's back in relationship with God. <laughs> doesn't mean that we're all restored. We've got to do something, and that is make that commitment to repent, to turn away from the wrong things in our lives and surrender our lives back to God's way, surrender our lives to Jesus. And when we put our lives in his hands and do that, it's the Bible says we're born again. We, we have a new start in life. It's like starting all over again. We're a new person, and we're, we're changed and the Holy Spirit comes upon us and lives in us. And we're a new person in Jesus. And from now on, we live for him instead of for ourselves. And he offers us forgiveness, a clean slate, eternal life, uh, friendship with our creator. Wow. That is the greatest story of all time. And it's woven right through the Bible, even right through to Revelation, right at the end of Revelation, where it's talking about uh, heaven and the new heaven and the new earth and how the new city of Jerusalem and how there's no more crying or pain or suffering. But it's going to be a perfect place where we can be with God. There's no sun because the light of the Lord, the glory of the Lord lights it all up. What an amazing picture of what is to come and an amazing hope that we have as Christians through what Jesus did on the cross that we can have eternal life and be with them forever. We're taking wow. calls. 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Anthony in Penrith in New South Wales. Hi, Anthony. Yeah, hi Neil. Uh, hi Stuart. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, just I uh, want to uh, tell uh, regarding the cross. Uh, it's always uh, reflect me in uh, when in the uh, Moses uh, was uh, uh, sh- showing the bronze uh, snake. Uh, 
uh, and all mm. all the people when they just uh, look upon that and it's just reflect uh, what has happened uh, 4000 years and after 2000 years the same cross uh, so just as a public as a as a human being we just need to look upon the cross uh, and and every every miracle and what truth uh, was just now sharing and after that committing and uh, repenting uh, happens so uh, that's that's what uh, my it reflects every every easter to me uh, the cross reflects to me mm. yeah, and i uh, also want to say uh, thanks to it i just uh, uh, in your g7 app uh, do you have any material uh, any flyer uh, related to easter so that i can print out and give it to my neighbor um yep we do have um some easter tracks that we use if you go to our website and then send me uh-huh. an email I'll, I'll get in touch with you and um we can okay, talk about cool. that some more yep. but yeah but oh, i do, do oh. want to make the, the comment and anthony it's really interesting that you bring up the this the, the you know the cross and the snake and that people uh you know back in moses's times when when they were sick they were dying of disease and they looked to the cross uh, and we still have that same symbol for the medical profession all around the world uh, with, the, with the cross and the snake going in it. And um, Jesus talked about it in John chapter 3. He says, just as the, the, the snake was risen up, so the Son of Man must be risen up. And uh, he alluded to himself being like a modern day, uh, you know, cross that people look to to be healed. And we need, we're broken people. We need to be healed by Jesus. Yeah. Interestingly, uh, when we talk about that story, because what was happening in the camp uh, when the snake was lifted up on the mm. top of the pole mm. uh, was that snakes were coming into the camp and biting people, mm. and they were dying from the poisonous infliction Mm. of a snake bite yes and so uh, when Moses lifts up the serpent on top of the pole and uh, there we have this image of the cross how do you know that this is connected as you say Stu in John chapter chapter 3 the very verse just before you read the most popular (laughs) just before you read John 3.16 is about lifting up that serpent in the wilderness Now, now that's interesting because we're talking about a, a response here mm. because uh, you began to eloquently uh, reflect on, on on what it all means. Yes. But it comes to this response that we yes. have, the heart responding to mm. the Christ who hung on the cross. That's right. Because as we are inflicted with the poison of the sin, mm. we can look to Christ mm. and be healed. That's right. And so you receive something when you actually uh, imagining or looking at the Christ who is hung on the cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something in the the response yeah. we need to have, yes. and there's a response. Uh, there's something we receive when we look at the cross. Yeah. Absolutely, and I'm sure there was to people in Moses's times who were going, "I'm not going to get out of my bed. I feel sick, I, and, and go to the middle of this camp and look at this cross. What's that going to do for me?" And I'm sure they didn't believe, and that they died. Uh, but those who did believe and came and looked to the cross were healed miraculously. And uh, it's the same today. A lot of people reject Christ. They won't come to the cross. How can Jesus dying on the cross do anything for me? But, of course, it's a miraculous thing that God has done, and we need to look to the cross today. Anthony, thank you for a great insight there. Let's take Mm. some more calls. Newitt is in Adelaide. Hello, Newitt. Welcome. Oh, hello, um, Neil. Yep. Um, Yeah, I would like to... um uh, share with you about how much I've been so enriched studying Palm Sunday, which is the beginning of the Passion Week. Yes. And um, it's so, so beautiful. And 
Um, it's just been foretold and to Daniel by Gabriel on Daniel nine twenty five that the anointed one comes and they got the exact date given. And actually on Palm Sunday is the coronation day of Jesus because Palm 118 was proclaimed and all oh, that is so being so rich. So that's what I want to share my my bits on because mine I start like meditating on that from Palm Sunday. Wonderful stuff, Newt. And often we don't think yeah. of that a coronation oh, day. A coronation uh, that's day. yes, that's that's very that's fabulous because Jesus coming into Jerusalem on the donkey. Mm. And everybody's uh, calling waving out, the, the, uh, waving yeah. the palm leaves, right. and putting the palm leaves down in front of Jesus mm. as he's riding into Jerusalem. There's a triumph in all of that, mm. uh, and uh, so we don't think of it as a coronation day. But this was when the people, mm. uh, perhaps, so they turned their back on him just a, a, a little bit later when uh, right. he went to the cross. But this is where they was welcoming the king. The king, absolutely. It was a king's welcome, wasn't it? Um, and uh, yeah, like you say, it was the crowds are pretty fickle because a few days later, this they're chanting "Crucify him, crucifying," and how quickly people can change. Uh, but at the time, they recognised who Jesus was, and they were very glad that he was there. You know, I always love the context here because why were the crowds there greeting Jesus coming into Jerusalem? You might ask that question, but yeah. uh, if you do a little bit of careful study, you'll recognize that just before Jesus rides into Jerusalem on the donkey, he's actually raised Lazarus from the dead. Yep. And so significant was it that Lazarus had been in the tomb for days and days. Mm. Uh, Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. Yes. That the word of mouth that spread of this incredible miracle that had happened of someone being raised from mm. the dead meant that Jesus' reputation uh, took a skyrocketing rise That's and right. the people turned out to welcome him as king. So, uh, Newitt, wonderful insight. Thank you so much for calling. We might be able to squeeze in one more call. Anthony is in Melbourne. Hi, Anthony. Hi, how are you going, Neil? Good, Anthony. What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, just uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but... Um uh, when Christ was going through all the suffering up until the cross, um, he, he said to someone, um, you know, do not think, uh, he said, um, I, um, at any time I can call upon 72, 72 legions of angels. And, and, and at that point, all the Romans and all the Jews, they just would have been wiped out. Mm. Yes, uh, the thought of uh, calling down uh, 10 legions of angels, uh, we might assume because the people knew that he was the Son of God. There was something different about Jesus, uh, mm. not just a man, fully a man, but also fully God. And he could have pulled the plug any moment and uh, destroyed humanity, but he didn't choose to do that. Stu, mm. what are your thoughts for Anthony? My thoughts are that, that people said, if you are truly the son of God, get down off the cross. They, they thought, well, if you're really who you say you are, then you can, you can get down on this cross right now because you're, you're most powerful. And, of course, Jesus saying that as a precursor, saying, look, I am the Son of God. I could call down legions of angels. I can wipe you all out if I want to. But this just shows how Jesus 
had the ability to get off the cross, had the ability to, to call down the angels, but never did because he knew his purpose. He was born to die. He died for us, and he willingly and voluntarily went to that cross for us. Anthony, thank you so much for a great insight there too, and I hope that uh, answered that query that you had there. And uh, time has come to an end. Uh, we've got to be able to... Uh, Uh, wrap things together. I do want to ask you, Stu, uh, for people who are thinking of sharing their faith, Mm. uh, there are some good things coming. It's not just the Easter weekend that you Mm. share your faith, but it might be the trigger for some listening to us today to say, you know what, I need to get my act together. I need to understand these stories, Mm. the narrative a whole lot better so that I can communicate these things and I'm an effective then witness Mm. for the gospel. Uh, I know that here we are in April. Next month is called Go Month. That's right. uh, Global Outreach. And there's a huge thing that happens around the world in May. You're connected with this. How can can listeners uh, prepare, even if we're talking about this today, how can listeners get on board with this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, There's a lot happening in May, and uh, a great thing just before May, the April the 30th, so the last Saturday in May, we are having what's called Go Train, uh, which is a training day, and there's seven different evangelists from seven different organizations Seven different approaches, different tools, different ideas, different ways of evangelizing. There's not one way of evangelizing. I'll be one of those trainers on the day uh, talking about the G7 app. Many listeners already know about the G7 app that you can put on your phone. It's available in the Android and the uh, Apple stores. Just type in G7 and, and you'll find it. It's a blue icon. Fantastic way to share the gospel, but there's lots of ways of sharing the gospel. You might want to do it in conversation. Uh, so there's a, a session on conversations to, to share the gospel. There's there's other there's many different uh, approaches. And so if you want to get a part of that, go to evangelismtools.com and there's a there's a link there about Go Train, and it's and it'll explain more about it. You can register your interest. Um, it's actually going to be broadcast on TBN to the South Pacific, which is fantastic. Uh, it's going to go for three and a half hours. So each each uh, seminar is 30 minutes long. But you don't need to stay for three and a half hours. It's a smorgasbord, really, of evangelism training that you can choose which ones you want to go by reading the, the, the uh, profile of the, the speaker. So yeah. what a relief, Stu. Some people will be listening and uh, breathing a sigh of relief because there is more than one way yes. to be be able to share the gospel and communicate your faith to someone and mm. uh, uh, seven different trainers your part is dealing with the G7 app yep. and uh, listeners will know you can download that, download that free in your app store G7 app and uh, go through that uh, familiarize yourself with it but that go training mm. ahead of go month uh, happening on the 30th of April and uh, so for listeners uh, no doubt they'll got a is there some detail on your website where they can confirm yes. that yeah. yep and there's also a website called evangelismtools.com yes that's uh, one of the places you can register yep. to be a part of it. So let me give the uh, the Stu Miller uh, website for Train to Proclaim, traintoproclaim.com. Uh, lots of great resources there, free resources mm. that enable you to get up to speed and to be confident in sharing the gospel. There's also going to be a link there for the G7 app as well. But Stu Miller always love our conversations. Thanks so much for sharing these things with us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.